0: Hello, you're very welcome here to Purple Psychology Podcast. We're on episode 56 and you're here with Melanie Hoskin and Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Hello. Very welcome, Nisha. Episode 56, Personality Types Drawn to Particular Instruments. Yes. Is the one we're going to hit today. Nisha, Is it true that while attending a concert at the National Concert Hall recently, you profiled the whole orchestra?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought this would be an interesting episode because it was supposed to be an insight into how my mind works. So this is really me on a daily basis. So I was sitting there and I was sitting up in the balcony and I decided to look at the whole orchestra and look at the personalities of all the people in it and where they were all sitting and what instruments they were playing. Just as a theoretical experiment as you do.
0: Why? Why?
1: Um, well, actually, it's a really interesting answer to that because I can concentrate better while doing two things at once. So I could actually enjoy the music while thinking about something more. People who have a lot going on in their heads actually absorb more and think more and are more relaxed by doing more than one thing at once. Okay. So it's actually a way for me to actually enjoy the concert more in some ways,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But like, if you think a lot and there's a lot going on, and you absorb a huge amount of information, you're better off using that information in some way. In your environment. Yeah. Environment and like, your... you know, sitting there and doodling wasn't really an option, or doing a <laughs> colouring book, so I broke by the orchestra. <laughs> what did you learn? Okay. Um, it, it was really interesting, because when you go into a room, right, hmm. normally the extrovert people are at the front of the room being really loud. And the introverted people are all kind of around the peripheral. They're usually mm. beside the walls and in mm. the corners. That's mm. their kind of chosen space. So mm. they're suddenly go to a party, have a look around. And they, they won't necessarily be in the middle of the floor. But in an orchestra, uh, all the extrovert people are at the back and all the introverted people are up the front, which is the first thing I thought was quite fascinating. Mm. And then the extrovert people tend to play the louder instruments like the brass. Mm. And then the introverted people were, and they weren't necessarily all on their own, because there's Mm. different types of introverted people, Mm. so... There is like groups of cello players and violinists Mm. and people like that who are quite introverted up the front Mm. in little groups. Mm. But then there's other different types of introverted people who are at the back playing the very specialist uh, percussion instruments. And even they're quite interesting because they all have their own designated space. (laughs) Like they won't even, they're not even sitting too close to each other. And they have all their gizmos around them. So it's quite funny like watching them and they're quite precise about all of them. Mm. And there is like, there's huge precision to playing that triangle at perfectly the right time. So I just thought it was fascinating to sit there and look at the dynamics all different people and then think about the different instruments in relation to it.
0: Hmm. What? So what draws a particular personality tied to a particular instrument then?
1: Um, some of it is whether you play it with other people or you play it on your own. Hmm. Um, some of it is whether the position even that you're going to have on the stage whether you're at the back or the front. Hmm. Um, also it's the feeling you get from um, the instruments, some instruments um, you're much more um, tactile with to get the sound from them, whereas other instruments you're a little bit more disconnected and so that, that gets interesting as well, it's mm. the kind of feel and the sound and how you make the sound, mm. whether you're bashing on it or stringing the instrument, you know, so, so there's, there's very different ways of interacting with things as well, two mm. instruments as to how it suits certain people.
0: And say a child, um, a a child wouldn't know what position they're going to be in an orchestra if they ever make it to an orchestra. So, how how would you know what instrument best suits a child? Um,
1: Well, uh, one of the simple gauges is is that if you don't tend to have a strong side and you tend to be um, more ambidextrous and you're not um, that defined by left and right, you're generally better, more drawn to either drums or piano, and. If you are very good at sport, you're quite often drawn to quite a kinesthetic instrument. So it might be, um, say, the guitar. Mm. And then you get into the other sides of it as well as to whether you have um, a a different type of emotional that you want to express. And so those people tend to be better at at lyric writers. And so they enjoy playing the guitar as well because they get to write lyrics. Okay. And then... There's other people who were more drawn to um, a techno aspect of it, mm. and I remember going to see a group in, in Galway years ago, and I can't, I can't think what their name was now. And they had all sorts of, I suppose, weird sounds, for a better way of putting it, that they mm. made with lots of offbeat instruments. So that's quite a Pacific personality again, mm. um, and it's probably somebody who's quite drawn to um, a lot of technical gizmos and, and computers, mm. and they tend to go for those kind of synthesized sounds. But they're not always synthesized instruments. You know, but, but there's a very practical person there who will probably quite enjoy making their instruments as well. So that's what I mean, like, so it, it's vastly, a vast
0: array. Mm. You know, it's not as simple as just sending your kid for music lessons. So if a child, say, started to bang a drum, for 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 example, could you profile their personality based on, say, the instruments that they're drawn to? Or do kids just, like, just like make noise? Well, some people just like making noise, but that tells you something about them.
1: <laughs> you know, so yeah, that does, is that the answer to your question? Well,
0: not really. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not really. Like if you say, uh, say for example, uh, a violinist. Yes. What kind of personalities do they have? Uh, quieter, hugely emotional, um,
1: um, usually hugely huge need to know people, and... Um, uh, but like alone time as well. What about cellist? Very similar. Brilliant. Yeah. Drummer have a lot more to express inside. D- don't always want to tell people it. Um, can be a bit uh, easily frustrated. They do want to make a, a, a bigger impact. Um, and they, 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 when you when you open them up, there's a lot of noise there. Okay. In in, in them, but there's quite often a lot of frustration. Pianist. Usually, um, very multitask, good at lots of things. We quite often, play sports with both left and right. Um, don't feel like have a lot of confusion over left and right. Possibly might have found it difficult to tie their shoelaces as a child. Um, quite ambidextrous. Um, maybe not a lot of balance. Quite quite often fall over a lot. Trumpet. <laughs>
0: I can't say, <laughs> that's what I really think <laughs> um,
1: I, used to always, I used to always sort of I, I remember going to a jazz concert once
0: and saying you just couldn't get a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to stretch that a bit now because people playing the trumpet now will be thinking hmm, I'm going to change <laughs> Saxophone Quite similar as well actually yeah. <laughs> Okay Okay um, all right, we're going to move on swiftly because yes. I'm sure that we've upset somebody along the line here, or you have. My questions for great. <laughs> we're going to start talking about um, the personality of artists. Yes, and you say that there is an artist for every personality type. Yeah, I realised this recently. Sorry, I'm just the um, I just
1: find um ring. I am a student, and I showed them particular artists, and their faces lit up, and. Parents sitting there going, "I can't look at that," and I didn't realize my child could be artistic. Mm. And and it was a very pacific artist. It was uh, Bridget Riley and Victor Vasulie, who were very mathematical, mm. and they would have planned a lot of their work and plotted it out. Because I went mm. to Bridget Riley exhibition, so she would actually draw all her work in graph paper. I realized that if I look at that by comparison to say Francis Bacon's studio in the Hugh Lane, which I don't know how anybody creates art. And it's my idea of hell. Mm. It's it's a complete mess, and it's not even like ordered mess like mm. there's a brush is thrown on the floor and use paint tubes and it, it's just it's chaos um, and if you look at his art it's it's not very regimented it would have been a process I think he developed what he did by, by painting it mm. and also he would have worked in oils which allows you to paint over and to do that so even the mediums that you choose to use mm. also define the sort of personality you are in the way that you work Okay. How do you find which artist is your match? I think probably um, by what you're drawn to. Hmm. Um, I, think, I think a lot of art teachers, and, and when people do art in school, it's like every other subject which people don't realise. Like There's a prescribed format and certain expectations from it. So we're not trying to, to bring out the artistic person in each person hmm. or bring out what you enjoy. What we're trying to do is to teach you a subject. And so a lot of people come away from it feeling, oh, I, I can't, I'm not good at art or I can't do it. And so they don't realise that the graphic novels that they're really drawn to, that Lichtenstein, that that's what he was like. Mm-hmm. Or that Andy Warhol would have been quite similar in some ways. So mm-hmm. there's an artist for them. Or mm-hmm. they don't realise that their precision and their ability to be very good at maths, they won't look at Victor, Victor Vassarly. But then similarly, um, they won't realise that their interest in mythology could make them kind of like Pauline Buick, you know. Okay. So this, this is just working my way, mm. my, my way off through my head and off the top mm. of my head. So the sort of artists that you're drawn to, and there's an amazing artistic encyclopedia now, Artsy Online. Mm. So you can actually look at, and then if you pick one artist, they'll suggest other people to you. But then, like, um, like there was another exhibition I went to years ago in the Hayward that was fascinating, and it was um, um, Ernesto... Was was the guy's name, and it was a hugely interactive exhibition where he made these, created these spaces for people, and it was kind of out of nylon, and you could kind of throw stones in them and change the shapes of them, and they're all really colourful. So again, like a lot of artists that do insulation type work, mm. they're a very different type of mm. person as well. So it's mm. it's all about what you're drawn to and what colours you like and what order you like or lack of order and what materials you're drawn to. Because it's very different to paint with watercolours or mm. inks like Pauline and Gewig, to paint with oils like Francis Bacon does. Mm. They're like, one is, is very um, defined and you have to be very good at drawing and mm. you don't get to make any changes. And the other one, you get to build up layers and build up things in a different way.
0: Mm.
1: Do you think everybody has artistic talent? Yeah, I think there's an artist for, and an art type for every personality. Mm. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's quite rare to go into a school and look at the art on the walls and see the individuality. And it's quite rare that when you do go to an exhibition of some things to see someone's individuality really stand out. So I went to an exhibition a few months ago and the theme was, it was all about, it was made out of paper and it was a the theme of books. And one person had built a sort of a Gotham City that had this kind of pop art, mm. um, graphic novel feel to it as if... Um, that sort of graphic novel was coming out of the page, Mm. whereas another person had made really fine details of um, the stories and the characters and and the the people within Alice in Wonderland. And so there's a vastly different people, but it's unusual to go to a school exhibition and to see that personality come out.
0: Mm. And what would you say to people who say that they have no artistic talent or interest? They just haven't seen the artist that they gel with. And do you know what perhaps it's it's one's exposure to art as well that they're not seeing enough that they they're, they're not connecting with um, the artist that would be a, a match to their personality type because they haven't seen their work yeah um, quite quite probably, and quite often art,
1: art trips with schools will only go to a certain type mm. of art or a certain genre a certain era mm. and mm. will only study certain artists on a syllabus so you don't, mm. get, you don't get to see them.
0: What oh, would you say to people who, say, for example, wanted to find out, say with their kids even, um, you know, they wanted to find out which artists matched the personality type of their children. How would they do that? Could they go online, say, and look at, get their child to choose which, which painting or drawing or which work do you like best? Or? Yeah,
1: that, that, that's a really good starting place. Mm-hmm. It
0: is. And, and looking at
1: the sort of medium and sort of material that people have mm-hmm. made
0: things out of. And how would this benefit, say, children, if you were to do this with your kid? How, you know, would it have any, um, I suppose, benefits in, in terms of, I suppose, the child gaining confidence because they would understand their art or um, they enjoy it? Well, it's a form of expression mm. and it's expressing yourself
1: in the way that suits you mm. rather than, than feeling that something is always one way And mm. um, because art is, is a million different ways especially when you start to mix the medias and mix the themes and the topics and the way it's been done and whether you've painted it or made it you know i mean Mm. there's a vast array out there and like there's some people that jewelry really suits some personalities and pottery similarly really suits others okay and so it's um it's it's really interesting and some of it's very three-dimensional some of it's very two-dimensional and those are those are personality traits as well
0: Mm. And it's a pity that a lot of people grow up thinking, grow into adulthood uh, thinking and feeling that they're not creative when they do have some creative point, perhaps. Yeah, well, every, Yeah, everybody has some form of with creativity within mm. them. They just haven't always found out what it is. Mm. Which, and, and it would be a great um, stress buster or, you know, it's a great way to... Um, uh, meditate even to, yeah, to and even be creative, like, you know, Like
1: the type of coloring book you pick to do matters. Mm. Yeah. You know, we don't all pick to do the same coloring books. And mm. um, like I have a vast array of different types of coloring type things that I give mm. people to do
0: mm. for that reason. Okay, and what does that do? What, what does coloring do for people?
1: It's a really um, for a lot of ways. It's a, it's um, um, a bit like <laughs> I use profiling the orchestra to sort of you know <laughs> balance myself. <laughs> um, it's um, it that and origami, particularly for some personalities, it mm. allows you to really concentrate on just one thing, and it makes all the noise go away. It's, okay. it's, it's 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 a it's a focused task that makes you really focus, and so it strips away the noise, and it's quite calming in that sense.
0: Yeah, I've seen an awful lot of coloring books um, in in the stores now that are for adults. They're they're designed for adults. Yeah, I I, I, I think this is really funny because I've been doing coloring books for years, and I've mm. been prescribing them for people.
1: The only thing about the wave of coloring books is now there's more coloring books available, so I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all different themes, and they're all different mm-hmm. ideas. They've got all, all different focuses, and that's great. So mm-hmm. there's just there's there's just far more of them available now, which mm-hmm. is great.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: particularly think they're for adults; they for anybody.
0: Okay. Well, there can be a therapy in themselves, huh? Totally. Mm. Okay, we're going to leave it there now. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, thanks to Dr. Nisha O'Reilly and to myself, Melanie Hoskin. Talk to you next time. Thank you.